Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that He has called you to do. Two weeks ago, I preached a sermon that was the yes or no message, what is permitted and what is forbidden message, and that Jesus has given us the power to give things permission or to forbid things from attacking us in our life. Just as a recap and reminder, Jesus took the disciples to the north of Israel to an area called Caesarea Philippi. If you'd like to go to Caesarea Philippi, Josie and I will take you there in November. Sign up today. That's announcements. That's later. Don't get excited. Up there in Caesarea Philippi, Jesus said to the disciples, and he's saying to Uncommon Church, who do people say that I am? And you remember the story, the disciples said a bunch of dumb stuff. Some people say you're John the Baptist. Clearly you're not. Some people say you're a dead prophet. Clearly you're not. And then Jesus said, I know, I know, I know. But who do you say that I am? And that's when Peter the loudmouth is like, nobody has said this before. This was new information. But Peter goes, I believe you are the Messiah. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus responded and said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, the son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. It is my father in heaven that revealed this to you. I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, I'm going to build a church that the gates of hell won't even prevail against. We gain knowledge and understanding through our five natural senses, through our sight, through sound, through touch, through taste, and through smell. That is how we humans were created by God to learn things. So when you were in school, I'm still talking with my hostile voice. I've got to chill or I'm going to run out of gas in 30 minutes. We were were created. We were created by God to learn things through the five natural senses. And then as we take in information, our brain begins to try to figure out what's going on. And we remember things and we learn things. And Some people are naturally better at math or science or arts or history or athletics, whatever. But our brain takes in the information, we calculate, and then we absorb that information through our five natural senses. But what happened at Caesarea Philippi was different. Peter, Jesus is like, who do people say that I am? And Peter's like, you're the Messiah. You're the Savior of the world. And Jesus says in verse 17, Pete, well done, but I got to tell you something, that did not come through your five natural senses, that was a revelation from my Father in heaven. Faith is revealed by God in heaven, it is not something you learn in your five natural senses. You can't think your way into believing in Jesus. You can't just attend church and through your five natural senses have a relationship with God, it has to come through faith It is given to us. It is revealed to us by God. Revelation knowledge comes by the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit reveals knowledge to us, it ignites a fire of faith in our bellies. All of you that say you're believers in Jesus, you've all experienced it. Nobody has confessed that Jesus is Lord. Nobody has prayed to make Jesus the Lord of their life without the Holy Spirit revealing that faith to us. And that's how we got born again. It doesn't come from your natural understanding. You can't think yourself, educate yourself into a relationship with Jesus. So when you read your Bible, you're listening to Bible preaching like you are now, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you so that your faith will grow. You can listen to a sermon, but your faith won't grow. And that's happened a lot. You ever been sitting in church and some preacher is preaching his guts out 
and, and, and reading and revealing things from the Bible, and all of a sudden, like, a light bulb goes off, like, in your heart, and you're like, did you, like, you're pumped, you're amped, and you're like, you turn to your neighbor, and you're like, did you hear that? Did you hear what he just said about that word from the scripture? I'm pumped. And they're like, hey, you want to try that new Thai place? Two people are hearing the same sermon. One person is hearing it with their natural understanding. The other person is hearing it with their faith understanding and growing stronger. So I want you to learn to be somebody that every time you read your Bible and every time you hear Bible preaching, I want you to turn on your Holy Spirit knower and not just your natural knower. It's easy to read and study the Bible and have a master's degree in theology, but sometimes there's people that are brand new baby Christians that have more faith because they're not listening with their natural understanding, they're listening with their Holy Spirit revealed knowledge of faith. Side note, I need to give an apology. We have many teachers in our church. Um, I, I can be honest, I have forgotten the vast majority of what I learned in middle school and high school. If you're in middle school or high school, you still need to study and get good grades. But you will probably forget the vast majority of what you're learning in school. But I'll tell you that Holy Spirit revelation that ignites a faith in your heart and you begin to use that faith on a regular basis, that can't be taken away from you. You can choose to walk away from it. You can choose to throw away your faith, but it is forbidden for the devil to steal something that God has deposited in your life. Which is why Jesus taught us to pray. Lord, remember the Lord's Prayer? The disciples were watching Jesus walk on water, heal the sick, raise the dead, multiply food, cast out demons. And they're like, how are we supposed to pray? And Jesus said, pray like this, Father in heaven, let your name be holy, let your kingdom come and your will be done, where? on earth, right here, right now, as it is in heaven. But then what does he teach us to pray? Give us this day our daily bread. We need to eat physically, naturally, every day. That's Taste is one of our five natural senses. You need to eat every day or you'll die. I mean, you can do intermittent fasting and skip a day. But generally speaking, we need to constantly be eating to feed our natural body, Jesus is saying you need to constantly be eating spiritually to feed your spiritual body. Natural eating builds my waistline. Spiritual eating builds my faith. And there's so many Christians that live a life that is weak and starving and emaciated because they eat physically but they do not eat spiritually and they are in church but they have practically no faith. You can pray that God will meet your physical, natural needs, but you need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to strengthen you in your spiritual needs, in your faith needs, because the Lord is giving you a feast on the table of the Word of God, and He is inviting you to sit and feast at His table. He is inviting you to, to have revelation knowledge build your faith in your natural man. Think about it this way. When Jesus went into the desert at the beginning of his ministry, he was fasting for 40 days. No food or water for 40 days, a supernatural act. The devil came to tempt him and said, hey, listen, I got to deal with you. These rocks will turn them into hot, fresh bread, which carbs would have been the end of my fast. Like if, if, if I'd have known if I'm hungry and I could break up, you know, crusty on the outside, chewy in the middle, you put like some salted butter on the inside. Come on, somebody. That is the kingdom will of God right there. But Jesus said, it is written 
man does not live by bread alone. What does man live by if we don't live by bread? We live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Our bodies need natural food. Our spirit man needs every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So if you're not reading your Bible on a regular basis, if you're not listening to Bible preaching on a regular basis, I'm telling you, you are starving spiritually. That is why you have so little. It is impossible to go deeper in faith unless you are feeding the spiritual side of hearing the word of God. Man doesn't live by bread alone. We live by the word of God that's revealed to us. And when God reveals words to us, our faith is built. So this whole sermon is about how do we grow our faith. I know it's Valentine's Day weekend and I know I'm supposed to teach on love and marriage, but homie, don't play that. You gotta be over 40 to get that joke and slightly backslidden in your 20s. Kids right now are, tech, are Googling, homie, don't play that. In living color sketch. You can watch it after church. I probably don't watch it after church. So you wanna grow in your walk with God? Read and study the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing what? The word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. If you lack any measure of faith in your life, you need to hear more of God's word in your life. Holy Spirit knowledge will be revealed when you hear the word of God when you hear preaching of the word of God. And then if you hear it with not your natural ears, but your spiritual ears, it will strengthen the faith fire burning on the inside of you. I began this message by saying that the average American Christian does not live by faith. They never tap into faith. They, they pay their bills, they work their job, they raise their kids, they live their life in the natural, in the secular, but they call themselves Christians because they go to church once in a while. That is not a life of faith. When you see things with your natural eyes, you are taking in information. When you open the Bible, I, before you read your Bible, I want you to pray, Lord, you wrote this on the hearts of men thousands of years ago, I pray you write it one more time on my heart right here, right now. I ask, Lord, that you would reveal your word to me so that faith will be stoked, that fire of faith will be stoked on the inside of me. Faith goes beyond the five natural senses. That's why it's called faith and not reason. Educators, smart people, scientists, they reason based on the information they take in with their five natural senses. I'm telling you, the life of faith is actually rebellion against reason. Because sometimes the Lord will ask you to do things and step out in faith that go contrary to what you see with your eyes. Is an example, at the end of Jesus' ministry, they were in Jerusalem, Jesus was hungry, he walks up to a fig tree that should have had figs on it, and there were no figs on the fig tree, so Jesus, the son of the living God, saw that the tree was not producing fruit, so with his mouth, he cursed that tree. They go do their ministry, they go to bed, they come back, they're walking into Jerusalem. 24 hours later, Peter and the disciples see that the tree that Jesus cursed is dead to the root. It went from just not having fruit to being completely dead, and they were shocked at Jesus' faith to kill a tree in one day. Jesus' response is, have faith in God. What? This is the arborist lesson you're giving me? Have faith in God. 
If a tree's not producing fruit, just have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be thrown into the sea, if you do not doubt in your heart, but you believe what you say will come to pass, it'll be done for you. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe it, you, believe that you've already received it past tense and it'll be yours. We often pray prayers of hope, but not faith. We often pray prayers of wishing, but not faith. Faith believes it's already done. Jesus cursed the tree. He spoke out loud by faith, but he spoke from his spiritual knower, and he destroyed that tree. And then 24 hours later, in the natural realm, the tree was dead. The spiritual realm of faith goes well beyond the natural realm of our understanding. Let's, let's, let's put that verse back up. And Ashlyn, I, I have it a separate time. Yeah, just pulling out a few things. Jesus says, have faith in God. Say it with your mouth. Mountain, move into the sea. Don't doubt in your heart. Really believe you've already received the answer to that miracle prayer in the past tense. And it'll be a done deal. A done deal. It'll be finished for you. It'll be done for you. You don't have to do it yourself. It'll be done for you. You don't have to do it yourself. You don't have to make a miracle happen. God will do it for you. Where is all this done? What is the trigger? Out loud, in prayer, believing, and then receiving that it is yours, and God will do it for you. A farmer doesn't plant seed in the ground and leave it there. He fertilizes. He checks on it. He, he makes sure there's no weeds growing or other animals eating his harvest. And then when the harvest is ripe, he goes and he gathers it. Don't just pray a prayer of faith and leave it there. Watch over it. Stoke that fire of faith and believe God that you're gonna receive a harvest. I'm talking about faith, not wishing. I'm talking about faith, not hoping. I'm talking about faith for believing that it is already a done deal. And when, <laughs> faith takes its hands off it and lets God do what God needs to do. We just trust God. I often use the chair analogy. Zach, can you hand me that chair, please? I'll often use this analogy with you guys, but I wanna literally use this analogy. All of you today exercised extreme faith because you just came in and plopped down. Why did you do that? You put complete and total faith that the guys that welded these welds are gonna hold. You just sat down. That is complete and total trust. Because if you had any doubt, if you had any lack of faith, you would be sitting there, right, but you'd be constantly touching those welds. Like, okay, I don't feel any cracks. I'd, you'd be looking at other people. Well, that, that guy's sitting down and, well, he's a lot bigger than me, so if it can hold him, maybe it'll hold me. You would be keeping your, if you had any doubt, you'd be keeping your hands out, like just in case the chair's gonna fall. You would never ever relax because you'd always be in fear that the chair's gonna crash. Faith just trusts. Faith lets go. Faith stops trying to touch the miracle and help God. Faith asks for something to be done beyond the natural into the supernatural, and then we stop touching it and just trust. We don't have a backup plan. There is no plan B. I haven't rationed out how I can personally move the mountain myself. I'm just going to trust that God's going to move the mountain. I'm not going to touch the miracle. I'm just going to let God bring it to me. It's not hope. It's not wish. It's faith. 
and it totally trusts that this thing is going to hold me. Faith is a confidence. Hebrews 11. Faith is a confidence that what we hope for, what we've prayed for, we already have the assurance, even though we don't see it. Faith is a confidence in the unseen. We're not believing in our head. I'm believing in my heart. I'm believing in my faith knower. It is an assurance of an unseen world. How can you see it if it hasn't come to pass yet? How can you see in the unseen world? Faith isn't natural. Faith is not led by what we see with our natural eyes. Faith will actually be in rebellion to what we see with our natural eyes. We walk by faith, not by sight. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We walk by faith, not by sight. Now, if you're like a Bible scholar and you know what Paul's referring to, he's referring to the fact that we're saved. We're saved by grace. When you repented of your sin and asked Jesus to forgive you of your sin, you're going to heaven. You don't need to keep checking to make sure. You are going to heaven. But the principle is the same. The principle is a kingdom principle that we do not walk by what we see. We walk by faith. And that when we pray out loud by faith, we let go and then we know. We're not, we're not even hoping. We're not wishing. We know that God is going to move that mountain. I'm not going to have to touch it. My eyes aren't going to be touching the welding all the time. My eyes are not going to have a backup plan. I'm walking by faith and not by sight. Because the world is contrary to that. The world is going to say, well, listen, i got to see it to believe it. Seeing is believing. Which then creates this doubt in our hearts, like doubting Thomas, the apostle Thomas. He wasn't there when Jesus revealed himself to the disciples. Tom comes back to the group and they're like, dude, you're not going to believe it. We saw Jesus raised from the dead. And Thomas says, well, I'm not going to believe until I can put my finger in the holes in his hand and I can put my hand in his side where he was cut open. First of all, gross. If my best friend three days earlier had a giant stab wound in his side, I'm not going to be like, yeah, but I want to stick my hand in it. You know, like, gross. But that was Tom. He's like, I'm glad you guys believe because you saw. I didn't see. So I'm going to wait and stick my finger in his, in his bloody wrist. Jesus was so merciful and graceful to Tom. John chapter 20, he says, hey, Tom, come here. Put your finger in my hand. Give me your hand. Put it in my wound in my side. Don't, don't disbelieve, Tom. Just believe. And Thomas said, oh, you are my Lord and my God. Well, duh. Jesus said, Tom, you believe because you have seen, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet they believe. So 2,000 years later, we still need to believe even though we might not see. Now, it's easy 2,000 years later to judge Thomas and be like, I would have totally believed. Really? Really? Because there's so many times in our life that we pray a prayer that we hope is in faith and then we don't believe and then we keep touching the weld and we keep trying to help God. We, we believe God for a miracle, but then we're not even sure if what we believe for that God's going to do it. And I also remind you of this, and this is the mercy and grace of the Lord. God created us to take in information with our five natural senses. So God understood that Thomas needed to see and feel and touch with his five natural senses. There is a place that when you see things with your natural senses, it actually will build your faith, and that's testimonies. When you hear a testimony of what God did for somebody else, it'll build your faith. 
Well, I, I remind you, I was 15 years old when I prayed for a blind guy whose eyes were covered with big, white, gray, goopy cataracts, and I prayed that he would be healed in Jesus' name, and instantly I saw those cataracts dissolve and big, beautiful brown eyes come staring back at me. I saw with my natural eyes a miraculous healing which has built faith in my life. So I've prayed for many more people over the years and seen many more miracles all because what I saw with my natural eyes did, in fact, build my faith. But Jesus is saying, listen, there will be times and seasons where you have to believe even if you don't see. Because blessed are those that believe even though they don't see. As you mature in faith, you will learn to operate in both worlds. You will learn to operate in the natural world, and then you will learn to operate in the supernatural world of faith. I'll tell you this, the devil cannot operate in the supernatural world of faith. He can only operate in the natural world. The devil is the God of this world. So the devil will lie to you from aspects that will be contrary to faith, but it'll always be from the natural world. I remind you, the devil is a roaring lion. He has no authority and power over you unless you allow him to. But if you allow and you declare that the, the devil is forbidden, he has no permission unless you give it to him. Faith believes in the spiritual world regardless of what your eyes and your lies that you're hearing in the natural world. Faith often has to ignore what the natural world has to say. There's a great declaration from Kenneth Copeland about faith. I'd love for you to say it out loud if you believe it. It'll be on the screen behind me. Repeat this out loud. Say, I am not moved by what I feel. I am not moved by what I see. I'm moved only by what I believe. And I believe the word of God. Which takes you back to when Jesus cursed the fig tree and the disciples were like, bro, the fig tree was actually cursed. He said, have faith in God. He's teaching them not to believe only in the natural world, not to believe only in what they see with their eyes. He's telling you to go beyond that and believe by faith. Let's read it again. This is our main text. Let's read it again. Jesus said, it's in red letters. Whoever says to this mountain, what mountain is in your life right now? Mountain, get up, go be thrown into the ocean. If you believe it and you do not doubt in your heart, but you believe that what you have said, what you have said will come to pass, it will be done for you. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe it and believe as if you've already received it and it will be done for you. You're praying for a miracle? Thank God for the miracle Well, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it has. It hasn't been realized in the natural world yet, but it's on the way in the spiritual world. So thank God for the miracle as if it's already happened, past tense. Whoever says to this mountain, whoever believes that what he says will come to pass, whatever you ask for in prayer, Jesus cursed the fig tree and it died. Anybody else seeing a pattern of things? That it is our tongue that unlocks the faith world. The best thing that you can do to receive a miracle in your life is pray it by faith out loud. The worst thing you can do to kill a miracle coming to you is speak against it or allow somebody else to speak against it. If you're believing God for a miracle in your life and somebody else that doesn't have faith says something contrary to that, you just bless their little heart like you would in Texas, walk away and say, I Break off those word curses in the name of Jesus because I am standing in faith because death and life is in the power of the tongue. Death and life is in the power of tongues to speak life. 
You will create faith for tomorrow based on what you're speaking today. You will kill tomorrow's miracle by speaking against it today. It's like touching the weld to make sure that you're, it's still going to happen. If you're believing in God, if you're speaking in faith, you don't have to ever touch it again. The only thing that will kill that miracle to come is when you speak against it. And you, then you become for hoping and wishing instead of believing in faith, which is where most Christians live their life. The average American Christian lives in a place of hope and wishing, and I kind of would like if, but they do not stand in faith. Ask yourself, what are you believing in faith for right now? Very few of you have anything you're actually believing God for in faith because you live in the natural world. And the reason for that is in the 1970s and 1980s, there were faith preachers, Or Roberts, Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagin, Jesse Duplantis, other guys like this. These were men of God that were faith preachers, and they, they, they grabbed a hold of Matthew chapter 11 and other verses like it, and they became known as the name-it-claim-it preachers. So they got a bad reputation. A couple of guys maybe used that to buy $50 million jets, which turned off the world and the church world and the spirit-filled charismatic world. So we do what we love to do. We took the pendulum from the 70s and 80s and we swung it way over here. Like, well, we're not like those faith preachers. We love God and we're a little bit spirit-filled, kind of spirit-filled light, you know. But we're not, gonna be, we're not gonna be like those people. So for 20 or 30 years, we've taught the American church not to walk and live by faith. And then we have people today that are like, well, bless God, that name it, claim it stuff, that doesn't work for me. Actually, you just proved that it does because you named that it wouldn't and then you claimed that it's not. What did we say earlier in worship? If we're going to believe this thing, why don't we believe all of it? Like, why don't we believe Genesis to Revelation? Why don't we believe the maps and the index? Like, let's believe it all. Let's believe the copyright. Like, let's go all in on the word of God. The copyright is not divine revelation, by the way. That's a joke. Some of you are like, oh, the copyright. That must be a new thing. No, I'm hilarious in my own mind. I'm claiming it. It's three in a row for you, lady. I said something. Josie was being a smart aleck the other day, like in super fun. I go, listen here, lady. She goes, I'm sorry. Excuse me, what? Lady? The little red-haired Swedish girl, Viking, was pulling out a sword. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. May I remind you that Matthew chapter 11 is in red letters in your Bible? May I remind you that Jesus said it and Matthew was like, whatever we ask for in prayer, if we believe it in faith, God will do it for us. Whatever we ask for in prayer, if we believe it in faith and don't doubt, God will do it for us. It might be time for the church to swing the pendulum back to believing God for miracles in our lives and living by faith and not fear. I'm just saying. Because fear comes easy. Worry and anxiety, we don't need a sermon on that. We're doing that pretty well. I don't need a conference on how to fear and worry. I do that pretty naturally, pretty good. Fear just comes by meditating on the lies of the devil. Fear comes by meditating on what I see with my natural senses. Faith comes when we meditate on the word of God and that fire of faith is ignited in our hearts. That's when we learn to stand in faith. See, the devil, he only has access to our lives if we give him access. We, the devil only has the access to your life that you give him. 
Going back to two weeks ago's message on permission and forbidding. You just forbid him to have access to your life. Because if you have, this, is, this should be so much easier than it is. It sounds like this is a message for simple, brand new baby Christians, and that today's message is for the super mature, like five-star, golden, you know, crown, super Christians. There's no such thing as a super Christian. If you have faith, to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, if you have faith to pray and ask him to forgive you of your sin and be the Lord of your life, you have the same faith to ask for that mountain to be thrown into the sea. There's no different faith. It's all faith revealed by the Holy Spirit. And here's the problem. You'd be like, well, I just don't feel like I'm very full of faith. Because your feelings are gonna lie to you. I'm talking about faith, not feelings. Nobody's ever gonna feel like stepping out in faith. Your feelings can change from a good cup of coffee to a bad cup of coffee. Your feelings can change based on what song is on your Spotify playlist. We were listening to a worship playlist that I made and then for some reason, I'm not saying why this playlist is one that I follow, but uh, Run DMC came on on the next song. So like, I was really in the presence of God and then I was really not in the presence of God. Because I was being led by my feelings, not by faith. Feelings and emotions are always gonna lie to you, especially in the arena of faith. Standing in faith, you're not gonna feel like it. You have to go beyond your five natural senses. You have to go beyond with what you see with your eyes. You're not gonna feel like it's possible when you're believing God for the impossible. So don't let your feelings cause you to speak. Hmm. <laughs> don't let your feelings cause you to speak against the miracle you're believing God for. Well, I don't feel like God's moving in that area, so you say a bunch of terrible things that destroys the work of God in your life. All right, how are we doing on time? Well, I have no idea, because this whole service is upside down. <laughs> Fairly quickly, I'm gonna give you six practical tips to build your faith. Number one, obey. When you feel God is prompting you to do something, learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, learn the little nudges of God, and step out in faith. When you are obedient with the little things, it'll help you get strengthened to believe God for bigger faith things. Faith is kind of like a muscle. And most American Christians, the faith muscle has been atrophied because they're not using it. So I encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you about little things that you can step out in faith for. And if you'll step out in faith and you'll obey in the little things, it'll build your faith for bigger things. Like a, like a flower, like a tree, it'll grow when you put it into action. So take a step of faith. And the step of faith will not be a step of wisdom. Don't try to calculate. All of you smart people, stop calculating. Just take a step of faith. Put your faith into action. Look beyond what you can see with your five natural senses. Learn to hear the voice of God and the nudging of the Holy Spirit. Lean not on your own understanding. Faith will grow when you combine it with a natural thing, which is why James talks about the fact that we need to combine our faith with our works. Someone's gonna say, well, yeah, but you have faith. I'm a works person. And James is saying, dude, show me your faith apart from your works. You can't because I'll show you my faith by my works. I'll show you my faith because I've taken a leap of faith. Because I've stepped out. Remember the, what was the Harrison Ford movie from the 80s? He has to step out. Indiana Jones. On the Holy Grail. Now he cheated and threw the sand out there but he had to take a step of faith. James is saying you have to combine both 
your faith in the spiritual world and the natural world and get moving in a direction. You know, it's a lot easier to move a car, a truck, or a ship once it's moving. Most Christians don't go nowhere. So God's like, dude, come on, just take a little nudge so I can start moving you in the life of faith. Pray it into being, speak it into being. Be moving towards that miracle that God's, we heard a story of uh, some pastor friends that were, um, they, I guess they were into their 30s. They had been married a while. They'd been believing God for a baby. No babies were coming. And I know this is a very difficult subject, especially even in our church. But they just, they prayed in faith. They repented for ever speaking against it. And then they began moving in the direction. They painted a nursery. They bought diapers. They like planned for the baby. And it didn't happen overnight. But I think they have a couple of kids now. That's what, that happened to two kids. That happened to my sister-in-law, Josie's sister. They now have three kids. After 10 years of tears and crying and praying, they finally stepped out in faith and God did a miracle in their body. Same thing if you're believing God for an adoption or a job or a spouse or a breakthrough or deliverance or whatever. Sometimes you just gotta start moving out in the direction of what you're believing for and not speaking against it and not letting anybody else speak against it. Number two, read your Bible. Ask Holy Spirit to bring you revelation to build your faith. Listen to Bible preaching. If all you listen to during the week is sports radio and music and whatever, try some Bible preaching. Why? It'll build your faith. Number three, listen to testimonies of other people that have received miracles in the area that you're believing God for. God is no respecter of persons. God is a loving father and what he did for one kid, he'll do for another kid. If somebody else got a miracle that you need, claim that for your life. Miracles are repeatable. Miracles are repeatable. If God did it for one kid, he can do it for you. Number four, live in community with people of faith. Why? Because iron sharpens iron. Get around other people of faith. Rub shoulders with people that are standing and believing in faith. If you surround yourself with people that have no faith or weak faith, guess what? It won't be long before you have weaker little faith. Get around people of faith. Get into a you group. If you're not in a you group right now, I don't, I don't know what to do with you. Like, Get in a U group this week, uncommonchurch.tv forward slash groups, and go to a group this week. Just start rubbing shoulders with people of faith. Number five, speak life over what you're believing God for. Never, ever, ever utter a single faithless thing. With one word, Jesus killed that fig tree. You have to be careful that not a single word of unbelief comes out of your mouth or of other people around you. Well, honey, don't you know that's never gonna happen? You'd be like, I break that word curse in Jesus' name. And I'm not gonna be around people that speak against what I'm believing God for. And if you have spoken against, I want you to repent and say, God, I repent for speaking against that thing. I didn't know any better, I was ignorant, but now because of that amazing sermon that my favorite preacher preached, I know better. I repent and I break that word curse. Number six, this leads to it. Be careful what you're entertained by. One of the reasons we live in a really natural, secular world is because that's the only kind of entertainment we fill ourselves with. We're only taking in information with our five natural senses and the things that we're taking in is natural, not supernatural. It's not honoring to God. It doesn't reveal the Father and his love and his kingdom in our life. We're taking in the world's culture, we're taking in the world's belief system, we're taking in the world's thinking and we're transformed more into the thoughts of this world than the thoughts of the kingdom. It is impossible for the natural world to have faith in God. Let me say it to this side of the room. It is impossible for the natural world to have faith in God. 
So be careful not to be entertained by so much of the natural world. Now, when I'm saying be careful, I do have a final, it's not a number six, it's kind of a number seven. Be careful not to build too much faith. Be careful not to build too much faith. You're only trying to get your faith to the size of a mustard seed. If you go too much bigger than that, it's an atomic bomb of faith. Because Jesus said, it's in red letters in your Bible, truly I say to you, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, mountain, go into the sea. Because nothing will be impossible for you. So be careful that you build your faith larger than a mustard seed. You'd be like, listen here, devil. I have this mustard seed and I'm not afraid to use it. Like, whoa, 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 just holster that. Because if you, if you use faith larger than a mustard seed, mountains are going to be flying all over the place. What is Jesus trying to say? This isn't that hard, and you don't need that much of it. Just a little dab will do you. Sometimes we're like, I was going to use like a constipation sitting on the toilet, but that's probably not a good illustration in church. Maybe if it was youth group or... But like, we're like, I gotta have faith. Jesus is like, chill, bro. You just need a little tiny bit of it and mountains will move. Don't overthink it. In fact, don't think it at all. Just speak faith and know it and use it and thank God for it. I've been ending the last few sermons with why. Why, why, why is it so important that we build our faith? And that's the same illustration as last week because it's a part of the job description of every Christian to be a person that lives by faith. Romans chapter one, Paul said to the church in Rome, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God for salvation for everyone that believes, first for the Jew and also for the Gentile or the Greek. Listen to verse 17, this is important. For in it, in the gospel message, is the righteousness of God that has been revealed from faith, for faith, the righteous live by faith. The righteous will live by faith. Faith should be a part of the job description of every Jesus follower. It is in your job description to be a person of faith. And living a life that requires no faith is not done by a believer. That's done by the unbeliever. Jesus followers they take Jesus-style risks, Jesus-style steps of faith, and Jesus-style ministry things. They take steps of faith to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. So let me ask you a question. What are you believing God for right now? And if you're not, ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what do you want me to believe for? What do you want me to be believing for? Now I need to talk about this next section of my message that I wrote. What do you do when you've been believing God for something and you feel like you didn't receive the miracle, so you're disappointed. You didn't get the job, you didn't get the baby, you didn't get the breakthrough, you didn't get set free, the loved one you're praying for is still sick or has died. What do you do when you're feeling that pain of loss? The Bible actually has a lot to say about this. To confront this issue and to encourage us to continue to stand in faith even though we're walking out of a valley. I've actually preached on it a lot. Don't forget, I went to more funerals last year of people that I love than I ever have in my life. I actually preached that sermon a few months ago. 
But for today, in today's message on swinging the pendulum back to believing God, to stand in faith, to not be led by our feelings, to not be led by our five natural senses, but that we would speak things of faith. This is everything the Lord asked me to say how to handle disappointment. Hop up on your feet, let's pray. I've preached that sermon. Today's not that day. Today is that day that we remind ourselves that we are a people of faith called for the Holy Spirit to reveal faith into our lives. I will give you one verse because a buddy of mine is a, a pastor that comes out of the faith movement. He comes out of that Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen camp. And he was believing God that nobody would get COVID in his church. He's a local DFW guy, he's a friend of ours, great guy. And they were standing on faith and they were making daily biblical declarations. And then early on, my man gets COVID. And he's laying on his couch, burning up with fever, coughing his lungs out. And then he feels this weight of shame, and guilt, condemnation. He's weeping through his fever. He's like, God, I'm so sorry I didn't have enough faith. The, the pastor teaching on words of faith, and here I am, 104 fever, coughing my lungs up. I'm so sorry. And he got under this weight of shame and condemnation because he felt like he didn't have enough faith. Romans chapter eight, verse one. Therefore there is now, say now, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ from the law of sin and death. There is now, right, right now. You can't say the word now an hour ago. You can't say the word now a week ago. The word now is constantly refreshing. It's like a website that you keep refreshing. The word now, 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 there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So whether you have prayed and felt like maybe you were faithless or sin or you didn't stand in faith and you didn't get the miracle, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You have been forgiven of your sins. You are gonna continue to stand in faith for the next thing. Right now is your day of faith. Now, there is no shame for those that are in Christ Jesus. We continue to stand day after day in faith. We wake up and His mercies are new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. What about getting right with God? You can't have faith unless you are a part of the faith community. So if you're here this morning, you're watching online, and you would be honest and say, I'm not, I'm not right with God. I, I'm, I've walked away from my faith, or I've never really had a faith in God. Today is your day. Now, right now is your day by faith to believe that Jesus is Lord. And you can't do it with your natural understanding. No preacher can make you give your heart to Jesus. It has to be revealed by the Father in heaven to your spirit and you respond in faith. I believe that Jesus is Lord. And if I believe that he is Lord, he's not just Lord of a little, he's Lord of all. Only the Father can reveal that to your heart. Let me also say this, if you are a Christian, but you're dealing with sin and you're still living in sin. You're a Christian, but you're still getting drunk on a regular basis, high on a regular basis, looking at porn on a regular basis, getting angry or lying or sleeping with somebody you're not married to on a regular basis. 
It's possible you've not actually responded to the Lord by faith, you've simply responded to the Lord in the natural. You've responded to the Lord because you're in Texas and that's what Texans do as we go to church. There's so much more because what did we just read? There is no condemnation for those that have been set free from the law of sin and death. I'm not saying you occasionally you won't stub your toe and say a bad word or occasionally you have a thought you should. I'm, I'm not talking about the occasional sin. I'm talking about you're still living in sin and you, you're kind of okay with that. I'm telling you, it's, it's entirely possible you responded to God here, but not here. Today is your day by faith that you completely surrender your life to Jesus and he breaks off the bondage, the weight of sin and death over your life. I'll lead you in the prayer, but I can't pray it for you. I'll help you, but I can't do it for you. If you believe it in your heart, you need to pray it out loud. If you're here this morning and that's you, or even if you're home watching online and you need to pray that prayer, you need to get right with Jesus. For the first time or the first time in a long time, you need to pray and ask God to forgive you of your sin. You need to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life because you really believe that he is the savior of the world. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal that to you. The Father did that. I, I can't trick you into that. If you believe it in your heart and you're ready to pray that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time, would you shoot your hand up real high and just say, preacher, that's me. Dude, I gotta get right with God today. Pray with me, lead me in that prayer. I'm gonna pray and get right with God. If that's you, would you shoot your hand up real high? I see your hand, I see your hand, I see your hand. Golly, is there anybody else? Yay God, yay God, yay God, yay God. What about you that are at home? Three people just shooting their hand up saying, preacher, today's my day. Right there between you and God and YouTube. Just shoot your hand up and say, I'm gonna pray this prayer. I'm gonna get right with God. Maybe you're here this morning and you're too chicken to raise a hand. Chickens can pray prayers too. Close your eyes, let's pray. If you believe it in your heart, pray this out loud. Say, dear Jesus, I believe that you are the savior and I repent. Forgive me all my sin. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Set me free from sin and death. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I can live for you, that I could be a person of faith. Holy Spirit, fan the flame of faith in my life, that I would not be led by the natural. I would be led by your supernatural kingdom. In Jesus' name. If you believe it, say amen. Hey, for the three of you and you that are watching online, man, I'm so proud of you. Golly, I'm proud of you. Yay, God, yay, God, yay, God. I have some thoughts for those of you that just got right with the Lord that are at home and here, but hold on to that. Let me talk to everybody else for a minute. What about you? Yes, you're a believer, but you'd be honest and say, I haven't been living a spirit-filled life of faith. I've just been living a natural life and I go to church. What mountain needs to be moved in your life? What mountain needs to be moved in your life? And today, by faith, I want you to speak and believe in your heart that God is gonna move that mountain. It doesn't have to be big. It only takes a mustard seed of faith. 
And maybe if this is new to you, start small and let God begin to do things in your life. So whatever that looks like for you, I want you to, when we go into worship, I want you to pray for God to do miracles. I would like our prayer team to come down. And I'm gonna believe God that today, especially with our prayer team, if you need a breakthrough in your life, we wanna pray for God to do miracles. We wanna pray that God's gonna bring deliverance in your life. We wanna believe God for healing. If you've got pain or sickness in your body, we're gonna believe God for total healing. And we're gonna believe it and not speak against it. Maybe you need an emotional healing. Maybe you've got a, 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 a mental disorder, a bipolar disorder. A, a, maybe you've got a, an anxiety or fear. Maybe you're on the, the autism spectrum. Maybe you've got diabetes and you're dealing with the deafness or blindness or partial anything. We want to believe God for healing. Maybe you need a financial breakthrough. Maybe you've had more faith in money than you have in God. It's okay to have money in your hand and do things with it. It's not okay to have money have a hook in your heart. Maybe you need to believe God for a loved one to give their heart to Jesus and you're gonna to begin to pray that God's gonna move that mountain. I want you to by faith while we're worshiping, out loud, pray, believing that you have received. And then I want you to thank God that it's already done. Even though it hasn't been done yet, I want you to thank him as if it's been done. I want you to thank him as if you've already received the healing, you've already received the miracle. Thank him that it is a finished work and then if you've ever spoken against something that you're believing for, I want you to repent and say, God, forgive me for speaking against that. I repent and I break those word curses that I have spoken or I have allowed spoken. I'm gonna continue to believe for healing and I'm gonna move in the direction of my miracle. If you're here this morning or you're watching online and you got right with Jesus, I want you to text the name Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, to 817-405-2244. That's gonna send you a form, fill out that form, click submit, we wanna pray for you. We wanna put your initials on a light bulb and screw it into the Jesus wall. If you're here this morning, I want you to screw in a light bulb on the Jesus wall. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.